Hey, Dr. C here. Let's talk a bit about morning cortisol levels. Someone sent in a really good note recently and said, I'm exhausted and my morning cortisol levels are low. My doctor doesn't believe in adrenal fatigue and I've seen you say that it's a myth. If adrenal fatigue is not real, why am I so tired? What can I do about all this? This came in from Lorraine. So, hey Lorraine, thank you so much for writing in and this is a great question. This is gonna illustrate some super important points. So adrenal fatigue is a myth. Your symptoms are not a myth and your cortisol can relate to your symptoms. So there's some truth and some falsehood and all that stuff. Let me take the first part real quick because that's easy. So adrenal fatigue is the idea that people that don't have a disease that damages their adrenals, when their cortisol is low, it's because the adrenal glands are broken. There was actually a quote from a book saying that adrenal fatigue is a mild version of Addison's disease. Addison's disease is kind of like Hashimoto's of the adrenals. It's an autoimmune disease in which the body eats up the adrenals and they don't have enough cells left to work anymore. And a popular author said that adrenal fatigue is that in a mild way. That if someone has low cortisol, it's because the body cannot make cortisol. And so the term adrenal fatigue means someone who's tired and the adrenals are tired. That's like the double meaning of it. And your doctor's totally right, it's not true. There is a thing as Addison's disease, but with cortisol being low apart from Addison's disease, it's not low because the adrenals can't make it. It's low because the body doesn't want them to make it. And that's a really important difference. Now, where your doctor, I'd like to clarify a bit more is that your low cortisol is significant. So just because adrenal fatigue is not a real idea doesn't mean your low cortisol is not significant. There's been a lot of literature on a thing called the cortisol awakening response. And all that means is you should make a bunch of cortisol when you wake up. That's a healthy thing for your body to do. Many people don't do that. Their cortisol, so here's like the evening cortisol, here's the morning cortisol. Many have too little in the morning. Some have too much all day. Some have too little in the morning and too much at night. And all those things are of poor cortisol slope. So imagine you're going skiing and you want to go down this slope. Now you can't ski back down the wrong way <laughs> and you can't ski if it's flat, you can't ski backwards. So you need a good slope to ski. And that cortisol slope, there's just mountains of data saying that that predicts everything we care about. You know, tons of chronic diseases, um, Alzheimer's disease, cardiac disease, many cancers, autoimmune diseases, also symptoms. Fatigue, like you said, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, anxiety states, all these symptoms correlate with that, and even longevity. So how long you live relates to that cortisol slope. It's real, it's a big deal, it can completely relate to your fatigue. Now here's another wrinkle in the mixture. Some doctors did some studies saying, hey look, if low cortisol was the cause of fatigue, then giving cortisol should reverse fatigue. Well. If it was low because the body couldn't make it, if the body couldn't get it, then giving it probably would help. But remember, in the case of cortisol awakening response or adrenal stress, it's not low because the body can't make it. It's low because the body doesn't want it. So in those cases, it often doesn't help fatigue to give cortisol. But the difficulty is those studies led a lot of doctors to think that your morning cortisol does not relate to your fatigue. So it does, but it's really 
not something to where the solution is to just pour more cortisol into your system. So if that's the case, what is the solution? Well, we want to make sure that, first off, that it's not Addison's disease. So ideally, your doctor would take a look and screen for that. Now your morning cortisol, you didn't say if it was low on a blood test or in a salivary test. But in either case, a doctor should see if your pituitary gland is speaking properly to your adrenals. This is just like the TSH to your thyroid. So if someone does have Addison's disease, they'll have low cortisol and they'll have a really high ACTH from the pituitary. They'll also often have measurable adrenal antibodies on a blood test. And if a doctor really wants to be sure, they can give a dose of ACTH from outside the body and watch and see if cortisol goes up or not. If someone has Addison's disease, they have low cortisol, but the body's yelling for more. And if you give them ACTH, they don't get more cortisol. But in almost all cases, it's more of this cortisol awakening response pattern. And there, we'll see low cortisol and a low ACTH because your body doesn't want more. We would also see if someone gave you ACTH, you would make more cortisol. So that's how it's totally different. And doctors should distinguish that to be totally sure. If you did have Addison's, all these things I'm about to say, they wouldn't apply to you. The treatment track is completely different. So promise me you get good diagnosis, right? So if we know that it's now this awakening response and it's not Addison's, well, what causes that? Believe it or not, one of the best documented triggers is sleep apnea. So you're, from your name, I'm assuming you're female. And many people assume that apnea is pretty much a disease of older men with big bellies. <laughs> and yes, that group is at risk, but it's not as strong of a correlation as you'd, be, as you'd think. There are so many women of all sizes who get apnea just as much as men do. So that can be a huge trigger of low morning cortisol. We suspect apnea for someone who may have enough hours of sleep, but their sleep is not refreshing. And they fall asleep easily if they're just in a dark room and they're resting sometime during the day. Another huge factor that's been well studied is, believe it or not, workplace stress levels. And we suspect that if someone has a good cortisol level in the morning on a weekend or a non-work day. So say a five-day work week. So Sunday morning, if someone did a salivary cortisol test on Sunday morning and they had a good response, but their levels were very different on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, Friday, you're almost done, right? So it's really midweek where we see the difference. So midweek versus weekend, that's saying there's some workplace stress taking place. And with that, if you can vote with your feet, you know, that's great and get a good situation. If you can't, then we think a lot about just reframing and about understanding your goals and priorities and what it is that serves you of there and you know, change what you can and identify that difference. Other big category is chronic unresolved anxiety or PTSD. So a chronic psychological stress load from other factors can also be a huge driver of a low cortisol response. The solution there is really finding ways to come to terms and cognitive behavioral therapy is hugely well researched to benefit not just stress and PTSD, but actual cortisol states as well. Also, mindfulness meditation, also extremely effective, simple to pick up, makes a big difference, good evidence for that. 
Now, another big trigger you might think about is just a fuel overload. So we call this metabolic syndrome, and it's a state which there's too much glucose, too much triglyceride, maybe high blood pressure, and low good cholesterol. And these are findings that predict diabetes and heart disease. So why would that correlate with low cortisol? Well, one of cortisol's many jobs is to raise your blood sugar, to regulate it by raising it when it's too low. If you're getting pre-diabetic, your body might fight that, and your body might create a state of cortisol resistance just to keep your blood sugar from raising even further. In those cases, we think about just reversing those causes in healthy and effective weight loss. Now, another big cause that we don't think about as much with adults is just a goofy schedule. You know, I think everyone who's had a baby in the home knows that their happiness is made or broken by how well they adhere to the baby schedule. You know, if you goof that up, baby's upset, nobody's happy, life is bad. But if you're a nut and exacting about that schedule and the rituals, baby sleeps, life is good. And it's not that different for grown-ups. We forget about it, but it's really not that different. So which is the most critical part of your schedule? Well, the top two. So number one is waking up at the same time. Number two is breakfast at the same time, which should happen within an hour of waking up. If you get those things dialed in, a lot of the rest can start to fall into place. Other factors are when you're eating, when you're going to sleep, and when you're exercising. So the more consistent you are with all those, the better your body cycles will behave and the less issues you'll have with that. Last big thing is light hygiene. So lights via our eyes strongly affect our body's internal rhythms and that means the cortisol cycle. So along with waking up at the same time, get a half an hour of exposure to sunlight within your first hour of being awake. And then at the end of the day, ditch all those artificial lights and TVs and computer screens. So that's it, Lorraine. You're right, your cortisol can be a real thing. It can affect your health. Your doctor's right, adrenal fatigue is a myth. And you're right in that you can get better. And I'm glad you reached out to clarify this more.